Once again, thank you for coming and being with us this morning. We're going to be reading from 2 Kings chapter 3. And uh, I, I'm, gonna, I, I'm, I'm gonna read several verses. I, I feel like it's gonna take these verses for us to have somewhat of an understanding over what I want to say today. I hope you'll follow me when we begin to read, not reams of scripture, but when we begin to read several verses of scripture, if we're not careful, we'll doze off our minds wheel or whatever, but stay with me as I read from 2 Kings chapter 3, verses 6 through 19. So King Jehoram went out of Samaria at that time and, menaced, and, and mustered all Israel. Then he went and sent to Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, saying, The king of Moab has rebelled against me. Will you go with me to fight against Moab? And he said, I will go up. I am as you are. My people are as your people. My horses as your horses. Verse 8. Then he said, which, may, which way shall we go up? And he answered, by the way of the wilderness of Edom. So the king of Israel went with the king of Judah and the king of Edom, and they marched on that roundabout route. One translation says they detoured. Seven days, and there was no water for the army, for, nor for the animals that followed them. And the king of Israel said, Alas, for the Lord has called these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of Moab. Isn't that amazing? They didn't seek God which way to go. They didn't seek God for direction. Then they get in trouble. Guess what they do? They blame God. How many people do that? We know of folks that do that. Verse 11. But Jehoshaphat said, now this is the king of Judah. This is a righteous man. Is there no prophet of the Lord here that he may inquire of the uh, Lord by himself? So one of the servants of the king of Israel answered and said, Elisha, son of Saphath, is here, who poured water on the hands of Elijah. Elisha, Elijah. Elisha was, he served the prophet Elijah until he died. And Jehoshaphat said, word of the Lord is with him. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom went down to him. Then Elisha said to the king of Israel, what have I to do with you? Now he's talking not to Jehoshaphat. He's talking to Jehoram. Jehoram's mom was Jezebel. Jehoram's mom, dad was Ahab. And they were very, very wicked king uh, leaders. Ahab was an awful wicked king. Jehoram, the message says he was bad, but he was not as bad as Ahab. I like that. He was a wicked king. What am I to do with you? Go to the prophets. This is Elisha to, to Jehoram. Go to the prophets of your father and the prophets of your mother. But the king of Israel said to him, No, 
For the Lord has called these three kings together to deliver them in the hand of Moab. And Elisha said, As the Lord of hosts lives before whom I stand, surely were it not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, I would not look at you nor see you. Elisha's telling the king of Judah, Jehoshaphat, or, or telling the king of, uh, of Israel, Jehoram, if it wasn't for Jehoshaphat, that I respected him, I wouldn't give you the time of day. I wouldn't even notice you. But now bring me a musician. <clears throat> the King James <clears throat> says there, bring me a minstrel. Then it happened when the musician played and the hand of the Lord came upon him. And he said, thus saith the Lord, make this valley full of ditches. For thus says the Lord, you shall not see wind, nor shall you see rain, yet that valley shall be filled with water, so that you, your cattle, and your animals may drink. Verse 18. And this, I love this, is a simple matter in the sight of the Lord. He will also deliver the Moabites un, into your hand. Also, you shall attack every fortified city and every choice city and shall cut down every good tree and stop up every spring of water and run, ruin every good piece of land with stones. Father, thank you for the reading of your word. Speak to our hearts, dear God, this challenge that you're giving us today. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Notice the outline if you have one. If you don't raise your hand, I want everyone to have an outline, and uh, we'll go. We got to have some hands that need uh, attending to. Notice your introduction. Got a shovel. Got some empty vessels. Very important. I thought I would have an illustration today. Now, needless to say, when this sermon is over. I'm not going to use this shovel. I won't be digging. And so if any of you are willing to work, because I know work now is a bad word. If any of you are willing to work, if there's a gentleman or a lady doing some gardening, and you would like this, the first person that takes it, you may have it. Got a shovel? Notice, first of all, before he even started prophesying, Elisha said, bring me a minstrel. Bring someone to play an instrument, a harp. Bring it. Why? Why would, why would Elisha want music? I'll tell you why. Because when he saw Jehoram, he became irritated. He became angry. And he knew the prophetic word would not come as long as he was irritated. Are you irritated this morning? Maybe you need to call for a minstrel. Maybe you need to call for someone to play some music so you can get calmed down. <clears throat> so the Spirit of God can move. Unless you and I begin to move into the presence of the Lord. Listen at me. 
unless God's anointing is present, unless he speaks to our heart, unless God moves in this service this morning, nothing will be accomplished. But when our spirit begins to quieten, when we remove all the irritation, when we get rid of all that's been said this week, all the lies that the devil has talked to you about, when we take all the negative things, and one of the best ways to do it, Is to bring a minstrel. Is to start worshiping. Sweet, sweet, I To make me clean like a mighty, mighty rushing stream. Close your eyes, sweet, sweet. God's holy and Pour, pouring out the oil and wine all over me, all over me, Lord. So when you get irritated, when you begin to waver, when doubt and unbelief tries to attack you, when you find it hard to enter into the presence of the Lord, be like Elisha, say, bring me a minstrel. Let me quieten my spirit. I don't want to listen to the news anymore. I'm not trying to hear from Washington. I'm not trying maybe even to hear a preacher. I'm trying to hear the voice of God. And I know in order to do that, my spirit has got to be quiet. The devil's lied to you this week. It's been big. Call for a minstrel. Call for a musical instrument. Key of G. Sweet, 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 anointing flowing down to make me. 
like a mighty. Come on. Let your heart begin to allow the Holy Spirit to move. Sweet. Sweet. Anointing. Pouring out the oil and wine. Pouring out the all and wine all over me. I want to encourage you this week. When the enemy comes against you and you begin to struggle with doubt. When you begin to struggle maybe with sickness or maybe begin to struggle with someone that has it's irritated you. You might have even gotten irritated on the way to uh, church this morning with something. Begin to say, bring me a minstrel. Turn on some soft music. That's what happened when Saul got irritated. The Bible says that the evil spirit came upon Saul, King Saul. And he had David in his midst. And David took his heart. And he began to play that harp, that, that musical instrument. The Bible says that evil caused it an evil spirit left King Saul. I encourage you today, play some soft music, gospel music, anointed music, music that heaven speaks to you. He'll bless you. Elisha said, bring me a minstrel. And he said, I want to prophesy something. I want you to start digging ditches. Now they're out of water. The cattle are dying. The animals are dying. They're suffering. They're going across an 80 mile track of desert. They've run out of water and now they're desperate. So they, Elijah says, I want you to Dig some ditches. Not a few, but many ditches. Now, can you imagine these tired men? Can you imagine how this came to them and how it affected them? Lord, you're asking me to do something. I'm already give out. I'm tired. Haven't had a drink of water lately. And you're asking me to dig ditches. I don't see it rain. I don't see a cloud. And I've got to dig ditches Listen, God challenges you and I today to be obedient to him. You want the blessings of the Lord? Dig a ditch. You want God to bless you? Do something in order to allow the Spirit of God to move in your life. Ten lepers came to Jesus and well, they were distant and they hollered out and they wanted cleansing. Jesus said, go show yourself to the priest. <laughs> he could have healed them then. He didn't. They had to do something in order to be healed. But the Bible says as they went, all 10 of those lepers were healed. Naaman came to the prophet. He had leprosy. He needed healing. The prophet said, go dip in the Jordan seven times. <laughs> I've, got, I've got rivers much cleaner than the Jordan back home. 
You've got to do what God says to do. Sometimes God challenges us to take that first step of faith, amen, in order to receive from him. Blind man came to Jesus. Jesus spat on the ground, made mud, put it on the blind man's eyes. Can you imagine? And then he told him, he said, you go wash in the pool of Siloam. You go do something. Yeah, but you're asking, first of all, a blind man to go, yes. You're asking, second of all, a blind man with mud on his eyes to go, yes, go do something. And God said, you want water? Dig a ditch. We want God to bless us, but we don't want to do anything. We come to church and we sit in the pew, and I'm not trying to be mean. We ask some to come to the altar. They might or they may not. They won't move. God wants us to do something. He wants us to first put that foot forward. The digging of ditches was an act of faith. And it works when faith, listen, you can say, I've got faith. But when faith is acted upon, it works. We got to do something. We can't just come and listen to the sermon, sit there and say amen and say, oh boy, that was good. Get up and walk out. Go after it. You want God to bless you? Be obedient. Digging requires work. One must dig his own ditch. I got a shovel. I'm looking for a bulldozer because I believe if I'll dig a deep ditch, God's going to provide water. Amen? God wants you and I to respond to his commands. You go first. Dig the ditches. Whatever you dig, God says, I'm going to fill it. Now, if we come to church and we just feel a little trickle of water. We can't blame anyone else. We just didn't dig enough, dig a ditch and deep ditch. We need to dig that deep ditch. You can't blame nobody if you only get a trickle of water. God will not stop filling the ditches until you, my friend, stop hungering. As long as we hunger and thirst after righteousness, we shall be filled. But somehow the devil numbs our hunger. Are you hungry this morning? Well, I'm hungry for a quarter pounder with cheese. No, I'm talking about being hungry for the blessings of God, for the anointing of God, for the outpouring of the Lord. Amen? As long as we hunger, he's going to fill us. But until we get hungry, he's not going to do anything. Fill it. The other place that I wanted to look at this morning, just like it. Chapter 3, we just, we we're just in chapter 3. Chapter 4 of 2 Kings, notice what it says. A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord, and the creditor is coming to take my son, two sons rather, to be his slave. So Elisha said to her, now notice, notice the instructions. 
what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Don't have much. She's in a lot of debt. They're going to come and take her two sons and use them as slaves. Then Elijah said, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. You see, until you and I get empty, God ain't going to fill us. We may be full of hate. We may be full of pride. We may be full of unforgiveness, whatever. We need to, we've got to get rid of all that stuff in order for God to fill us. Empty vessels, do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door. He's talking to the widow woman. Behind you and your sons, then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her. And she poured it out. Now verse 6. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, mama, there ain't no more vessels. So the oil ceased. You got an empty vessel? Got to fill it. If it's full of, of rebellion, disobedience, sin, if it's full of all that stuff, God's not going to fill it. Somebody say amen. Amen. The barring of vessels, empty vessels rather, was an exercise of faith. The all multiplied when she began to pour it into the empty vessels. She could, she could have said, I'm not going to do that. Just a little bit of all. Listen, we've got to function, operate by faith. And as long as we do that, God will richly bless us. The flow of all stopped when she ran out of empty vessels. God Almighty specializes in filling empty vessels. But if we're full of ourselves, if we're full of the world, if we crown our lives full of everything else, we've got to pray and say, God, forgive me. Empty ourselves of all that stuff, and then God will fill us. That's good preaching. That's a good word. Now notice at the conclusion of the message. First of all, anointed worship will drive out the demon of fear. It'll, it'll drive out the demon of unbelief. It'll drive out the demon of worry and oppression. You start worshiping God and something, I mean, worship in the spirit. Let the anointing of God flow. Begin to praise God, worship God. And the spirit of God drives out all of those things. God gives according to your capacity to receive. Amen? You want your marriage to work? Start digging. You want your finances to work? Start digging. God will, do, will not do anything until he sees you digging. Let me, let me say something that's very interesting. Not only did they dig, they dug in the valley. You might say, preacher, you're preaching a good message, but I'll tell you, I just don't know if I can accept this or receive it. I'm just going through so much. My family... 
my work, my health. I'm just, I'm in the valley. That's where you start digging. That's where God wants you to dig is in the valley. And he'll bless you in that valley if you will dig. You will run out of ditch before he runs out of water. Whoa. You say, oh, preacher, this is all hard work. Sure it is. But it'll get, it'll get you to victory. Amen. God says, whatever you dig, I'm going to fill it. Again, you can't blame anyone else. You can't say, well, that service was dead and dry, or I didn't receive anything. I just, listen, you can receive if you'll be obedient to God and respond. Respond. You know, prayer is so important. If you want to ask Dan Soldania something, ask him something like this. Dan, what are you doing on Friday night down at that church? You know what he might say? I'm digging. I'm praying. I'm going to pray until I pray through. I'm going to pray until we see something happen. I'm going to be determined. I'm not going to give up. I am going to be persistent. Am I, am I, is, am I preaching a good word this morning? Sure. God wants us to be obedient to him. The reason some people go to church and get something and others don't, some lives are changed and some aren't, is what? One word. Capacity. What's your capacity today? Do you have an openness to receive the moving of the Lord? What is your capacity today? Capacity to receive God's blessing capacity to be open to the lord if you will open your life to christ his blessings can flow freely into every area of your life brother man there's an anointing here today as we as i said earlier as we begin to pray the anointing of the lord is here Listen, Elisha said there be no wind. Listen to me. There be no rain. This is not going to be a natural thing. This is going to be a supernatural thing. The water did not come down. It came up. And every one of those ditches that they filled, that they dug, every one of them, Filled up, filled up, filled up. Why? Because they obeyed the Lord. Brother Don, I don't feel like doing anything this morning. I don't feel like praying. I don't feel. Listen, you don't do it because you feel like it. You do it because God's word says it. You're obedient, not just to a preacher. You're obedient to God, God's word. God wants us to be obedient to Him. Are you persistent? Or do you give up too quick? Are you determined? I'm determined to see God move. I'm determined to see an outpouring of the Spirit of the Lord. I had a mother that was, she wouldn't give up. She wouldn't quit. She was a woman that no matter what happened, 
she was determined to serve God. There would be times that and our kids were small, six, eight, nine, ten years old. There'd be times she'd get us ready and work hard to prepare us for for church. And we'd go out to get in the car. And that 54 Chevrolet, cream color, all four wheels were jacked up off the ground. All the lug bolts taken off. You not go to church today. Mama took these, us three kids by the hand. She said, we're going to church. And we started walking seven miles to church. Guess what? We got to church. Satan didn't stop us. He didn't stop us. And then there were times that we would come out, the tires was on, we'd say we're going to, we're going to get in this car and go to church. Times we'd come out and the distributor wire was out of the distributor. And you know it wouldn't crank. You're not going to church today. Mama said, come on guys. We're going to church. And we went to church. I don't know of a time. Listen to me. Because my mother would not give up. She would not give in. She would not allow the enemy to stop her from doing what she felt like she needed to do to serve God. You're talking about a dedicated person. She was dedicated to the Lord. And she made sure she got three kids dressed. She worked hard on the farm. And she made sure she got three kids dressed. And we got to church. There were times that we had to stand. We, we were about a quarter of a mile from the highway, the back dirt road. She'd take us. We'd go out to the highway. She'd thumb her way to church or stop somebody she knew in the community. Can I have a ride to Clinton? Can I have a ride to Butler Hill Church? Get in, Miss Westbrook. Get in. We'll, we'll take you to church. She went to church. She was determined. Are you determined to get a hold of that shovel? Are you determined to pray when you don't feel like praying? Are you determined to say, no, devil, you're not going to steal my joy. You're not going to stop me from doing what I know God has called me to do. God's calling you. You have a ministry. You have a work to do for God. Listen. You say, well, I know. Somebody else can do my digging. They can dig my ditch. They can dig my trench. Ain't nobody going to dig your ditch. Because God didn't intend it that way. God intended for every man and every woman to dig their own ditch. Would you turn to your neighbor and say, dig? 
I like that. Turn to your neighbor and say, dig. 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 If you don't get anything outside of this sermon when you go home and go through the week, the devil tries to stop you. You get weak spiritually. Say to yourself, self-dig. Start praying. Start calling out to God. Start being obedient to what God wants you to do. You feel led to witness to someone, and the devil will tell you four reasons or so many reasons not to do it. You say, devil, you're a liar. I'm going to dig. I'm going to witness. I'm going to pray. I'm going to be fervent in my service for the Lord. Father, we love you this day. We thank you for the challenge. Lord, I know it's work. Lord, it's a joy to serve you. It's a joy to live for you. If we have to walk seven miles to church. Lord, if we have to go when we don't feel like it. If we have to preach when we don't feel like it. If we have to sing when we don't feel like it. Lord, we are asked to worship. <laughs> we are asked to lift our hands and praise. Lord, my arms feel like they weigh tons. I don't feel like lifting my hands. But God in spite of my feelings, I'm going to dig. I'm going to be obedient to you. I'm going to ask you to fill my empty soul, my empty heart. Lord, I've prayed, I've rid myself of my unforgiveness. I'm going to rid myself of pride today. When the devil says no, I'm going to say yes. Yes, yes, yes. In Jesus' name. Believe the Lord as we worship and sing today. My steps in your word, dear Lord,
the enemy to numb our hunger. If we've allowed the enemy to numb our thirst, help us, forgive us. Or maybe there's someone here today they have never accepted you as their personal Savior. This morning, Satan would say no. Satan would say, give it more time. The devil would say, wait. But God let them know that this is the day. This is the day of salvation. That tomorrow may be too late. And God, if we're here this morning and we've allowed the enemy to fill us full of pride, forgive us of our pride. God, help us today to realize that we need to empty ourselves of sin, unforgiveness, rebellion, all of the things that would hinder us. Forgive us because we want to be filled with your blessings. We want to be filled with your spirit. We want to be filled with your love. Remove hate, Lord. Remove anger, Lord. Lord, if we don't come with an empty vessel, if we don't come with room, dear God, there's nothing that will happen. Help us to lay all those things on the altar. You're here today and you say, Pastor, I don't know Jesus Christ as my personal Savior, but I want to slip up that hand. Is there one? Is God dealing with you? Wouldn't you like to know him? Would you be ready right now if he would come or call? Would you be ready if you died? And would you go to heaven or hell? You preacher, you believe in all that? Yes. You're here today and you say, Pastor, I want the Lord to save me. I'm, I'm not sure about my experience. Slip up that hand. Is there one? 